What's up, everybody? How are we doing tonight? Hey, is anybody uh, excited? It's 2024. Is anybody excited to be back at Revive in 2024? Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm super excited. I hope you guys had a great break. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All that different stuff. Um, did anybody go... Is that music or... Wow. Um, did anybody go to Passion Over Break? Awesome. Let's go. I was not able to go, but man, I've been like watching the replays. It seemed amazing. I hope you guys had a great time. Um, did anybody go on a ski trip over break? Yeah. That's right. Some people still a little bruised up from our trip, but we had a great time. We had a great time. Hey, um, if you would, grab your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 7. Um, you guys down to talk about dating for the next three weeks or so? Sound good? Oh yeah, I knew you would be. Alright, we'll see if you still are in three weeks. We'll see. Hey, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, if you would, go ahead and turn there. Um, I wonder, have any of you ever played that game? I, I call it deal breakers. Um, it's like, it goes like this. They're a 10, but... You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, he or she, they're perfect in every way, but... Y'all know that game anybody ever played? Can, can we play a quick couple rounds? Does that sound good? Um, so, perfect in every way. These are going to get increasingly more interesting. Um, perfect in every way, this one might sting a little, but refuses to celebrate Christmas. I'm talking no gifts, no tree, no Christmas music. How many of you, you are like still in at that point, perfect in every way, but they do not celebrate? Everybody's out. Every single, okay, there are, I think you might have missed, there are 10. Everybody loves Christmas that much? Praise the Lord. That's great. That's great to hear. A couple guys that are willing to give up their Christmas. Um, all right, here's another one. I think this one's going to be a little more, uh, a little more split. They're a 10, but they will not put up with college football in their house. All right? So, like, no, like you don't get to wear the shirt. None of it. How many of you, like, you're still in? Anybody still in for that? I figured. I figured. All right, all right. How many of you are like, I am so out, it's not even funny? Love it. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, I got two more for you. I got two more for you. They're a 10, but they make every single purchase in their life in pennies. How, who's in? Who's like, sign me up for that life? Yeah, okay. All right. All right, last one, last one, last one. So, they're a 10. They're a 10. I thought about this last night. It doesn't seem too bad up front. And then you start to think about it. You're like, I don't know. They're a 10, perfect in every way. But every time they open their mouth, it is a minimum of two sentences that they have to say. How many of you are all about it and you are in? I love it. I love it. How many of you are, you are so out? Awesome. Well, uh, 
I'll try to come up with I'll try to come up with a few more of those over the course of uh, over the course of the next few weeks. As we walk through this series, um, we are calling this series deal breakers. Um, the idea there is that these deal breakers, these things that we've talked about, are things that stand in between you and a successful relationship, right? Like, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's because they pay for everything in pennies or they don't allow college football, um, for whatever reason, something stands in between you and a successful relationship with this other person, right? That's, that's the idea of a deal breaker. And over the course of these next three weeks, I want to walk through a series that we're calling deal breakers, and we're going to look at some things that stand in between you and a successful dating relationship and ultimately a successful marriage one day. Tonight, I want to talk to you about singleness, because the way that you do singleness has a lot to do with your success in dating, a lot, the, the way that you do singleness has a lot to do with your uh, success in marriage one day. So singleness is going to be our first deal breaker. And I want, you to, uh, I want you to hear this. If you want to be successful in dating, you've got to be intentional in singleness. If you want to be successful in dating, you've got to be intentional in singleness. What we're going to see tonight is that singleness has a purpose. It's not just something that happens to you. It's not something you're, you're stuck with. And when you recognize that, you're going to see that, you're, that when your season of singleness is carried out intentionally rather than just begrudgingly, uh, you will see or you will set yourself up to succeed in dating and eventually in marriage. Like if if we take what the Bible says at face value, what you're going to find out is that singleness is not just something you're stuck with. Uh, Singleness is something that like it's an opportunity. It's something that's been given to you by God for a specific purpose. And so uh, I want us to to hear that before we get started tonight. If you want to succeed in dating, you've got to be intentional with singleness. And so I know everybody in here has got that grandma that when you go home, she's like, still nobody likes you, really? You need to go back to grandma and you need to say, grandma, I'm single on purpose. Like it, not my purpose, but God's purpose. So you can calm down a little bit, grandma, because this is, this is all happening for a reason. I'm going to be intentional during that season. So we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, singleness tonight. Um, I want you to see singleness, it really does have a purpose. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. I'm not just saying that to like ease your loneliness a little bit. Um, and how many single people do we have in the room? Just so, come on, nice and proud. I'll just let you leave them up for a few seconds so you can look around, get an idea. Awesome. Well, listen, I'm glad, I'm glad I know that we're preaching to a pretty full audience of, uh, of single people tonight. If you would, uh, look in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 7. I want you to see that singleness has a purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Paul writes this. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it's good for them to remain single as I am. But if they can't exercise self-control, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Let's stop right there. I hope you saw in verse 7 that little truth that's tucked away in there that singleness comes from God. 
Singleness comes from God in verse 7. Uh, just to read it again so that we're all on the same page here. Paul says, I wish that all were as I myself am. When he says that, he's talking about like his relationship status. He, he's saying, I wish that everybody could be single. But each person has your own gift from God. One of a kind and one of another. He's saying that whether you're single, whether you're married, like whatever your relationship status is, it's a gift from God. Now, if you've been around Christian culture for any length of time and you've heard any kind of a dating series, if you've heard a singleness talk, the primary message is singleness is a gift. And I've just never liked that. I don't know about you. Like, I don't know if it's because I've heard it so much. It's true. It's in Scripture. But it just always felt like, they, like the person saying it was trying to make me feel better about being lonely. Right? And I just, I, that's really not the truth of this verse. And, and so my goal tonight uh, is I don't want to like try to convince you to like singleness. I don't want to try to convince you to throw the idea of, of marriage out the window. Like, I want you to realize that during this season, it's perfectly fine to desire marriage. But I want you to see that your singleness comes from God because I believe that if you can recognize that truth, that your singleness, the season that you're in right now, if you can recognize that that comes from God, then it will, it will drastically change the way that you spend that season of life. And so tonight, like, I, again, I'm not trying to make you feel better, and I don't want to focus on the gift part because I think it's got that cliche. I don't want to miss the truth behind this verse. And so rather than focusing on the part that says uh, gift, I want to focus on those two words that come right after. It, the Bible says in verse 7 that singleness, is, it's a gift. It's a gift that comes, and here are the two words, from God. It's a gift that comes from God. And so tonight, what I'm really hoping to, to accomplish is to, to help you recognize a reality about your Heavenly Father. Like, I want, you, I want you to recognize that everything your Heavenly Father gives you or withholds from you is done with a purpose. I remember, uh, I think I've told you guys this story before, but growing up, um, I remember one Christmas that was really kind of crazy around our house. Um, my sister was about six years old, and at the top of her list was a horse. Now, that would be awesome if we owned a farm. However, we lived in a subdivision with like a chain link fence and a little patch of grass. So my sister didn't quite understand, however, my parents did. So Christmas Day, you know, she's sending letters to Santa like nobody's business. She is, she, I mean, she's adamant about this horse. She wants a horse. Christmas Day comes around. You can probably imagine um, what's not under the tree. There was no horse under the tree. The reason for that is because my parents, they, they knew what was best for her. They also knew what was best for that horse, and so that's good. Um, <laughs> But, but my parents, like, they, they understood more than she did. They had a different perspective than she did. And, and so they withheld something from her for a good purpose. Good purpose for that horse, absolutely. But a, really a good purpose for my sister. And in the same way, I, I want you to see tonight that everything that God gives us 
And everything that God withholds from us for a period of time has a good purpose because all his purposes are good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, We know that uh, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so my goal tonight, I told you, um, it's not to get you to no longer desire marriage. My goal is to help you see that the season of life uh, in which you are not married, it is, it is an important season that should be anything but wasted. Uh, it should be lived with intention. And so tonight, really, I want to ask the question. Uh, this is kind of a different sermon for those of you who have been uh, around a lot. Like, I don't have points. They're not bulleted, nothing like that. Um, really, I just kind of want to talk. And so um, tonight, I'm going to uh, basically just answer the question, what's the purpose of singleness? Because I'll, I'll go back to the beginning. Um, if we're going to be successful in dating, we've got to be intentional in singleness. So what's the purpose of singleness? Let's uh, skip down to verse 35 in chapter 7. Paul talks a little bit more about singleness in verse 35. Let's read it together. He says, um, I say this for your own benefit. Talking about singleness, talking about not being married. I say this for your own benefit. Not to lay any restraint upon you. So, so not to put like a collar around your neck, not so that God can keep you under his thumb, like not to restrain you. I don't say this to restrain you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Paul there talks about singleness and he says, hey, when you're single, like when you're in the season of life before you're married, uh, which statistically speaking, for, like, well, 100% of the time, Everybody goes through a season of singleness. But statistically speaking, like 96% of people end up getting married. And so if you're here and you desire that, man, that's a good desire. Uh, and it is, it is not like far off to think that the Lord will meet that desire, but he's going to do so in his own time. But Paul tells us in this season of singleness, it's given to you with a purpose. And, and I see that, that verse, that that, or in that verse, that that purpose is twofold. The first purpose that I see in that verse uh, is that the purpose of singleness is to allow you to reorient your priorities. It allows you to reorient your priorities. If you see in that verse, um, the end of 35, there's that little, that little part where uh, Paul, he says, uh, I, don't, I don't say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint on you, but to promote good order. To promote good order. Some translations would take that phrase, good order, and say to promote what is appropriate. Um, to promote what's proper. But really what Paul's talking about is like a, a hierarchy. That, that you would leverage the season of your life before you're married to get the most important things in the most important spot. That you would get what's, what's important right, and then everything else would fall under that. And so I think the, fir the first purpose that we can see for singleness, the way that we can leverage singleness, be intentional about it, is use it as a time to reorient our priorities. Um, I love movies. Anybody like movie people in here? Awesome. A few of you. Great. Um, so big fan of movies. But when I go to a movie, I watch like, like I'm there for the story. I'm there for like the whole thing. I go to be entertained. I go to, to laugh or, or whatever, you know. I'm there for the big picture. There's another type of moviegoer, uh, which is a little frustrating to me. 
Uh, this type of moviegoer, uh, they are a movie critic. Any movie critics in the house? Like, you go to movies, and, and like, you're there for the movie, but you're picking that thing apart. Like, you, you're, you're going, oh man, that was a wonderful scene, and that soundtrack was just so beautiful, and the way that it amplified, like, the, in, the, the emotions of the characters, and the score, and the, the, the writing, it was just all so beautiful, and you're, like, picking little things apart, Right? Like, I can't stand those people. When I go to a movie, I, I want to know, like, I, I'm there for the, the story as a whole. I'm going to go to a movie. If it's got a good story, it's a good movie. But other people, you go w- with the other kind of movie goer to the movies, and you're like, hey, did you like the movie? And they're like, it was fine. There was one scene that just really bothered me. And I'm like, you're, you're missing the big picture. You're so focused on, like, the little storyline that you miss the main storyline of the movie. See, some people get so distracted by the little things that they miss the main story. And Paul, in in this verse, he wants us to recognize that the main story of our lives is not marriage. Like, contrary to what Hollywood and Instagram and that grandma, contrary to what they all tell you, the main storyline of your life is not your love story. It's the story of Jesus. Like that is the the main story that this whole thing is all about. And and we know that, right? Like you you pick up this book, you filter through it, and and you extract the things that it says about marriage and relationships and singleness and all that. Like if you were to do that, like, and and I'm being generous, you're going to see, I mean, the Bible speaks to it because it speaks to all of life, but you're going to see it's like literally this much of your Bible goes to marriage and relationships. Why? Because there's a bigger story. It's, it's the rest of it, right? And what that story says is that each and every one of us were, were born into this world as sinners. Meaning not just that we have done wrong things, that, but, but that we have done things that grieve the heart of God. And that because we have done things that grieve the heart of a holy God, the punishment for that sin, according to Romans 6.23, is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. Eternity separated from God forever in a place called hell. That's what the main storyline of this book says. But it also says that God was not okay with you being separated from him forever. So he sends his son, Jesus, on a rescue mission to pay the penalty, the death that you owed. And so Jesus goes, he lives a perfect life. He goes to a cross. He gives his life. As we sang earlier, death lost to life. And that is our story. That if we place our faith in that, that if we believe that when Jesus died on the cross to settle our punishment, that that counted for us, then we do not have to spend eternity separated from him forever, but we get to spend eternity with him forever in a place called heaven. Like that is the main storyline of our life. And that storyline now changes everything about what we do. Our life is no longer about us. Our life is about building his kingdom and making his name Known, that's the main storyline of our life. And no storyline matters more than that one. Your love story does not matter more than that story. Are, are we on the same page there? Like, like that is the most important story because the reality of that story says that each and every one of us comes hardwired 
in such a way that our deepest needs are not met through a relationship with some boy or some girl, but they are met through a relationship with your heavenly Father. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says, All things were made by Him, through Him, and for Him. Like your deepest needs will not be met through some boy or some girl. And so you need to use this season of singleness that God has given you to reorient your priorities and get that main storyline in the position of most importance because it is the most important story. And so God, in His, in His grace, really, gives you a season of singleness to allow you to make that main story the main story of your life. And to help other people make it the main story of their life. We see this in the story of the woman at the well, right? If you guys are familiar with that story, really popular story in Scripture, we, we see this truth played out. Jesus is, is at this well. He, he goes up to a Samaritan woman, asks her to give him a drink of water. She's thrown off because culturally that is not appropriate. Like Jews and Samaritans, they didn't interact at all. And it's through this conversation uh, with Jesus that this, they, they start to talk about like what her deepest need is. And it, and it comes out that, well, she's had five husbands and she's living with a man now who's not her husband. And what Jesus tells her, like, hey, you've misdiagnosed your need. You're trying to like satisfy your deepest needs through some guy. Meanwhile, I have living water. Like, I'm the only one that can offer you what will fully and finally satisfy you. And so you, you need to stop misdiagnosing your need. You need to look to me for full and final satisfaction. And maybe that's a message that Jesus wants to, to, to share with you tonight. That you've been misdiagnosing your need. You're looking to some boy or some girl to give you living water. Well, only Jesus can. And so he gives us this season of singleness. So that we can recognize that we have to get a relationship with God right before we'll ever get a relationship with a guy or girl right. We have to get that in order. You know, so many dating relationships don't succeed because people are looking to a guy or a girl to do for them what only God can do. That's why this is a deal breaker. That's one of the, one of the many reasons. Because people enter into a dating relationship, they look to that guy or that girl to do for them what only God can do for them. And a human being cannot handle that kind of weight. That is, that, that is a singleness problem. You know, I truly believe, like, most of the marriage problems that we see in today's world are not marriage problems. They're unresolved singleness problems. I, I believe most of the, the issues that you'll run into in dating... I truly believe this. Most of those issues are not dating problems. They're unresolved singleness problems. And so I, I truly think, like, Scripture is so clear. You've got to get that relationship with God right before you're ever going to get a relationship right with a guy or a girl. No guy or girl will ever complete you. No guy or girl will give you lasting satisfaction. Only Jesus can do that. And you know that deep down. If you've ever been through... Or, or been or walked alongside of someone through a breakup, right? Like, like you, you know that to be true. Like, I believe that one of the reasons that breakups are so devastating to so many people is because people are looking to a guy or a girl to do for them what only Jesus can do. And all of a sudden, when you break up, that rug gets pulled right out from under you and everything 
collapses. And, and I mean, it makes sense that your heart would be broken after that. No guy or girl can handle that weight. Only God can, because he's the only one that's never going to leave you or forsake you. So you've got to use this, this period of singleness to get that relationship right, to reorient your priorities. It reminds me of uh, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Like you get me and my kingdom right, everything else falls into place. This is like the anthem of, of your season of singleness. You, you write that verse wherever you got to write it to be able uh, to see it each and every day. But I promise you, if you take that to heart and you are intentional in this season of singleness to seek first after God and his kingdom and his righteousness, man, you're going to be amazed at what he does through a dating relationship and a marriage one day. So singleness gives you an opportunity to reorient your priorities. But it's got another purpose. At the end of verse 35, uh, let's read that verse again, 735. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraints upon you, but to promote good order. We talked about that. And to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. To secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. In that verse, another purpose of singleness that, that I, I think we can pull from that verse um, is that singleness is used to cultivate a distraction-free devotion to the Lord. Singleness is used to cultivate a distraction-free devotion to the Lord. Now, I, I think you'll understand this more if I explain it like this. Some of you uh, when you walked into this room, when service started, man, you were hanging on every word. Like Caleb and the band started playing, and you were like immediately there, like hands up. You're focusing on these words on these screens, and you're, you're thinking like about the truths that, that they mean to you, and you're giving God praise and worship, and then I get up here and preach, and you're like hearing it. You're tracking along in your Bible. You're, you're thinking about how you can apply them to, to your life. You're like with it. And then others, you're sitting by somebody cute, somebody with some potential. And this whole time, you're like, you're with us, right? But there's also some other things going through your mind, right? Like you're going, man, these seats in the marketplace are a lot closer than the ones in Hogue. Like, <laughs> I could get some arm rubs in or something during this time. And, and then, you know, it comes time to study the Word together, and you're like, oh, they don't have a Bible? Should I share mine with them? Like, would it be weird? Just give it a little shot, see what happens. Come on, you can look on. It's okay. You're using it as a chance to, like, see what kind of shoes he's got on, see what kind of perfume she wears, those kinds of things. Did you know? Did you know? I think this is so funny. The Puritans used to divide worship services. Like, guys and girls would have to sit separately. Because love is distracting, right? Like, it really can be. It really can be. And so I think that's, you know, that's really one of the reasons that 
Paul writes what he writes in verse 35. Let's, let's go a few verses before. Read with me in verse 32. Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man, the single man, is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things. Uh, he, he's anxious, sorry, I lost my place. Uh, anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. Now, some of you hear that and you're like, I would love to be anxious about how to please my wife. Like that sounds amazing, Paul. Sign me up for that. That's not what he's, that's not what he's talking about, right? Um, Ultimately, what Paul is saying is that life changes a lot when you're married. And so your season of singleness allows you to be like to, to focus on distraction-free devotion to the Lord. Uh, like marriage really, it's amazing, but what happens with marriage is that it adds an extra layer of complexity to navigate in your relationship with the Lord. It does, man. It adds a layer of complexity to na- that, that you have to navigate when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. And people don't like, they don't like to think about that. Like, we really don't. Here, here's what tends to happen. Like, our picture of marriage before we get married in our mind is the, the honeymoon, the sex, like always having somebody to come home to. Like, that's what we have in our mind with marriage. And it's this, this beautiful picture but here's what often happens when you're in this season of singleness. You look at marriage, and you, you amplify the benefits, and then you look at singleness, and you downplay its limitations. Right? Like, that's what we tend to do uh, in our life. You know, there are so... Like, I, I love being married. I, I do. But I also really enjoyed my season of singleness. And it's one of those things like you don't realize how much you enjoy it until it's gone. And I'm standing here saying like, I wish I would have leveraged my singleness better. I really do. And and I think that you're going to get on the other side of that one day and look back. And my hope is that you would not say the same thing. You know, like since since I've been married, there are things that like I could do when I was single that I just can't do now. Really, like, like, um... I used to could have as long of a quiet time as I wanted. Now I have a wife that feels the first thing she needs to do in the morning is do the dishes as loud as she possibly can. And I love her so much. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, I, I also, um, like I used to could go, I, I would go to a Bible study every single Monday night and I would be like out late hanging with other believers. Like it grew my relationship with the Lord so much. I want to keep my marriage intact. So I can't do that anymore, right? I can't just, can't just give up every Monday night uh, and be out super late because I, I got a family that I got to be with, right? There's so many things that I could do. Like um, I got to spend all four summers of my time in college working at a summer camp. I can't just like come, you know, May 13th, be like, all right, Aaliyah, Charlie, you guys have a great summer. I'll see you in a few months. That doesn't, that doesn't fly. It does when you're single, though. Um, I used to go on like every single church trip and show up at every single church event. And now me and Aaliyah and Charlie will show up at church events and we're like, it is getting late. It's like really close to our bedtime, 730. Like, you know, it, it, like things just change, right? 
There's a lot of things that you can do in your season of singleness that change when you get married. Marriage is great, but it adds an extra layer of complexity to your relationship with the Lord that you're going to have to navigate, which is why Paul is saying, hey, marriage is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to desire. It's not a bad thing to step into. It's just that he wants you to realize you will never be less distracted from being fully devoted to the Lord than when you're single. It is a significant stage of life, one that's full of purpose. And here's the problem. I said this already. When we look at marriage, we emphasize the benefits. And when we look at singleness, we downplay the limitations. I'm sorry. When we look at marriage, we emphasize the benefits and we downplay its limitations. And when we look at singleness, we emphasize its limitations and we downplay its benefits. Does that make sense? Like, like, That is a tactic that the enemy wants to use in your life to make you discontent with the the stage of life, the season of life that you find yourself in now. Do not let that happen. That that like sets you up on a pattern for your life where you will never be content in the place where your feet are planted. The enemy will use that to get you so off course, to make you so discontent. So it's not wrong to desire to be married, but it is wrong to allow your desire to be married, to consume the season of life that God has given you to to grow your devotion to Him. This season of life, man, it is so incredibly full, packed full of purpose for you to secure an undivided devotion to the Lord. And I kind of want to land this plane by by sharing with you a few uh, ways that that might play out. Like, I want to show you what that might actually look like. So what does it look like to do that well? I said at the very beginning that if you want want to succeed in dating, you have to be intentional in your singleness. So what does it look like to be intentional in your singleness? What does it look like uh, to leverage your singleness for the purposes that we've talked about? Well, a few things. Um, One... You can leverage your singleness by using it as a time to lean into your forever family. Lean into your forever family. I'm about to make some of you sad. Did you know that in heaven, you're not going to be married? Did you know that? Like literally Matthew 19, I believe, 22, something like that. Just read those few chapters. It's somewhere in there. Jesus says, like, come the resurrection, marriage is not going to be a thing. I mean, he literally says it in the Gospel of Matthew. And here's what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you won't know your spouse, so it's okay. You can wipe the tears away. Like, it doesn't mean you won't know your spouse. And it also doesn't mean you won't have an intimate relationship with your spouse. It just means that we won't be married. Why? Because we won't need to be. We won't need to be married because heaven is not going to be full of a bunch of individual family units. It's going to be full of one family, and that's the body of Christ. That's the church. And so when I say lean into your forever family, like there's going to come a day where you get to invest all of your time into your individual temporary family on this earth. Your, your husband, your wife, your kids. Like that day will come. In the meantime, 
Get as invested as you possibly can into your forever family. Get invested in the local church. Right? Like as much as you can because this is the group of people that you're going to spend forever with. Like this is the group of people that you're going to worship the King of Kings alongside with for all of eternity. Lean into your forever family. What does that look like? Serve. Whether it's Christ Place North, maybe you are somebody who you attend another church here in the area, does not matter. Wherever it is that you find yourself plugged in, serve. And like, when you're single, serve, I mean, with everything you have. When the doors are open, you're there. You are, you are like first in, last out. You, you serve with everything that you have. You're getting there early, leaving late, investing your life in the people of God as best you can. There will never be a season of life that you have a better opportunity to do that. I promise you. Uh, not only serving your forever family, but inviting people into your forever family. Like leverage this time. I was thinking about this. You guys, literally, because uh, I'm, I'm think, I was thinking about as I'm preparing this, like you guys, like your ministry should literally be so much stronger than mine because you're single. Like that's what Paul says. Like when you're married, you're just anxious about other things. And so like I was thinking about this, you guys could literally just take the streets of Dahlonega if you wanted to. You're going to be like, well, I have a test tomorrow. All that stuff. Listen, you could literally just take the streets of Dahlonega and start sharing the gospel with people until 2 a.m. I can't do that or else my wife will murder me, right? Like, it's just crazy. So use this season of life as an opportunity to not only serve your forever family, but invite people into your forever family. Like, invite people to church. Share the good news of the gospel with them. So lean into your forever family. Uh, Second thing, become a better disciple. Use this season of life to become a better disciple. Right? So that looks like a few different things. Um, first and foremost, man, get to know the Bible. Get to know this book. I love this book. My love for this book started when I was a single guy. And it has grown and grown over the years, but like I cannot imagine waiting until I was married to begin to cultivate a love for this book. I can't. And when you're single, you have so much more more freedom and, 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 and so many more opportunities to dive into this book, to go deep, to study this thing, man. One of my favorite things that I did whenever I was a single guy is um, I picked up one of these. This is a one-year chronological Bible. Now, um, it's in the New Living Translation because it's a version. It almost reads like a story. It's really cool. So it takes the Bible. It like just transforms it into this narrative, and it's incredible. As we're looking into the new years, I would sh- or into the new year, I would strongly suggest if you like are looking for a Bible reading plan, don't already have one, pick yourself up one of these. When I was single, I, I made the decision that I'm going to start reading through the Bible once a year, every single year, and uh, it started with this. And it was like one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Uh, this is the Bible that I read through for the first time, all the way through. Um, and uh, it's really cool. It's, uh, I didn't write in it or anything like that. I was going to uh, give it away tonight. Anybody uh, just have your, your New Year's resolution is that you want to just be a better Bible reader? Anybody interested in a one-year chronological Bible? That didn't take long. Okay, I'm going to throw it as head. Oh, yeah, yeah, you just don't. Yeah, here you go, Jenna. Just hand it to him. That's better. <laughs> 
So uh, now there's strings attached to that. You have to actually, you have to, up here, you have to actually read it, okay? So uh, make sure you put that thing to use. But for real, like, those, you can get those on Amazon, y'all, like in an incredible way to leverage your, your season of life as a single person. Um, not only uh, is it an incredible opportunity for you to get to know the Bible, but also, like, you can become a better disciple by getting in a group. Get in a group, right? Um, we put small group cards on all of y'all's seats whenever you sat down. You probably either saw it or sat on it, okay? Um, so that is an incredible opportunity, and I don't just mean our small groups, all right? Like, this is not, like, me pushing our thing. Um, this is simply uh, me telling you there is no better resource for your season of singleness than other believers around you walking alongside of you. Here's why. Because as you're pursuing marriage, they can like be your scouts, right? There's other reasons that are great too, but that's an important one. Like they can keep an eye out for you. In addition to that though, like they can help make sure that, you're, like, you're, that you are leveraging this season for the right things. They can. They can help keep you on track, man. They can make sure, they can help, help make sure that you are leveraging this season to set yourself up for success in dating one day. Um, last thing, I'll invite the band up. Last way that you can leverage your singleness is um, get out of your context. Get out of your context. Um, Here's what I mean. Um, if you are like me, when you grew up, um, you existed in a bubble. This, this was me. Like, I grew up in Jacksonville. Uh, my bubble was Jacksonville, Florida, North Jacksonville Baptist Church. Like, that was my life for 18 years. I made the decision my freshman year of college as a single guy that I was going to go spend a summer uh, in a place called Cleveland, Georgia. What in the world? Like, where even is that? Um, made the decision that I was going to go spend my summer in a place called Cleveland, Georgia, uh, working at a summer camp called Woodlands Camp. Many of you have worked at Woodlands before. I've um, gotten to talk to you guys about that. And um, man, that decision absolutely changed my life. Why? Because I got outside of my bubble. I got outside of my context. What that did for me was it helped me see uh, things that I was not used to seeing. It helped me realize like, oh, my church is not the, like, we're not the only ones doing this thing, right? Like, there are other incredible churches. I got to see, like, uh, different people's faith in action. Like, I got to experience so many incredible things by getting outside of my context. So maybe for you, this season of singleness, one incredible way that you can leverage that season is to invest a summer of your life in a cause bigger than yourself. That could be a summer camp. That could, that could be anything. But investing a significant season of your life in something that's bigger than yourself. You know, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite ways that you can get out of your context as a single person. And I'm just telling you, like, this opportunity goes fast when you're married. Is to go on a mission trip. Sounds kind of cliche, right? Sounds like, okay, yeah, you would say that, pastor guy. I'm telling you. Like, my life has been changed on mission trips. And there is no better season of life than the season of singleness, the season that you guys are in. I don't mean like, uh, I'm talking singleness like before you're married, not like, oh, I'm dating, I can't do it. Like, now. 
there is no better season of life than your season than to invest some time on a mission trip. Um, common excuses for mission trips is, oh man, they cost so much money. Uh, they, they were gonna, they're going to take up so much of my time. You guys realize like you have the ability to, like you have, you have time like you will never have for the rest of your life now. You really do. Um, and I can say this, I've never once been on a mission trip and the Lord calls someone to go on a mission trip. And I, I've been on a lot of them. And the Lord not provide the funds for someone to be able to go. It just never happened. So I'm just throwing this out there. Gave away a Bible, give like some other, uh, you know, little opportunities to put this into action. Um, we are going on a mission trip. When I say we, Christ Place College Ministry, going on a mission trip to India in May. If you are interested in joining us on that trip, come find me after service. I'll give you all the information that you need. Um, we still have some spots available. Would love for you to join us. An incredible way to leverage your season of singleness. There are so many ways, y'all. The thing that I want you to realize is that if you want a successful dating relationship, if you want a successful marriage, it comes on the heels of recognizing that this season of life that you are in was given to you by God for a purpose. You want to succeed in dating? You want to succeed in marriage? Be intentional about your season of singleness. So I don't know what that looks like for you. A lot of steps you could take. But my prayer tonight is that whatever uh, the step that you need to take is, that uh, the Lord would clearly impress that on your heart. And that you would leave here tonight and you would take it. Let me invite us all to stand. Here's the, the cool thing that I've noticed about um, this season of life that you guys find yourself in. Don't miss this. Cool thing that I've noticed, y'all, is that when you are intentional with your singleness, if, if, if you are somebody that you desire marriage, right? Like you're saying, yeah, I, I, I want that, you know, that for my life one day. I want a husband, want a wife. Don't know why it's not working out right now, but I, I want that. If you are intentional with your singleness, it's often through your intentional singleness, that the Lord will bring about that future husband and spouse. Like as you chase after Jesus, as you are intentional with this season of life, it is often through that time that the Lord says, okay, I see you. You've, got, you've made the main thing the main thing. Now this other person's coming alongside of you that they're also making the main thing the main thing. You look to the side and there they are right next to you. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over again. That's just kind of how the Lord likes to do it. So my challenge to you tonight is to leverage your singleness. Now I don't know what step, the, uh, what step that means for you to take, but I know that each and every one of us likely has uh, something that the Lord puts on our heart that's going to be a step to take. So let me pray uh, that the Lord would help us to take that step tonight. Jesus, we love you. God, we're so grateful for, um, Lord, the way you love us. We're so grateful for this gift of singleness that you've given us. We're so grateful that it comes from you. God, I ask that you would help us to see uh, what steps we need to take and that we would put them into practice. Father, we love you. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.